and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Uh, Simon here with Fraser and Liam. Hi guys, how are we? Hello, Hello. all good. Are you well, Simon? I am. Yeah, enjoying the, the sunshine. Looking at Liam wearing the uh, the third the third kit bucket hat, you really yeah. should have said sunshine there. There's <laughs> very much a, a different Liam vibe about him. Yeah, mad yeah. for it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we'll, we'll talk about all sorts of things: transfers, preseason, kit launches, Cambridge in the first game, stadium, women's team. But but let's go. What something that happened today? Well, today as we're recording was the, the third kit launch. And Liam is looking resplendent in blue. <laughs> yeah, what do yeah, we think about well, those kits? Yeah, it was, um, it's good to see. I'm going to take the hat off now because I don't need it. And it's a podcast hair. anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good to see this sort of thing happening. It's just a bit of a different way of doing it. You look back, I know this one comes up each time. Was it 2013 where it's Josh Ruffles in the car park? Mm. Uh, like, uh, just yeah, a, yeah. A picture of, uh, like they've they've hyped up the kits and the kits were even leaked mm. and yet still they made a thing of it and they didn't let it ruin. And then um, from my point of view, I don't live in Oxford anymore. Going to uh, a rooftop bar and looking out on the city, it just reminds you what a, what a great place Oxford is. Mm. Um, so to use that sort of thing to your advantage and sort of bring you know lots of fans from lots of different parts of the stadium and backgrounds and all of that stuff into one place is great and it was a lovely atmosphere to be honest uh, and then and then sort of members of the board joined Rosie joined um Stevie K joined Kinnebrough I'm not sure if there's another Stevie K but <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you it's specifically him Liam Gilbert was there the, the women's team manager and it was yeah quite a nice atmosphere and they went and mingled and were happy to talk to anyone so that was lovely I think of the three kits I, I think this might be my favorite which is weird it's sort of ice pole blue and I, I don't know what it is about it I'm not one of those like, oh, we can't have red on a kit, especially as, you know, two of our most successful <laughs> away <laughs> kits have been <laughs> the red and black one. And, you know, we've had the the pinstriped yellow ones, but I quite like the sort of quality of this shirt. And it's got, I don't know how much you can see on the, uh, on any of the pictures on the website or you guys can see on the Zoom call, but it's got sort of a, a wavy design on it, which is mm. what I'm guessing they're talking about with the go with the flow hashtag. Yeah, um, yeah it's quite a nice shirt. And the stripes don't stop for the logo. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. We've got a sort of slightly yeah. different blue around the BG. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh... <laughs> not the case with this one. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming they're going to wear this on Saturday uh, because Cambridge wear black, don't they, with their yeah, orange. Yeah, that's true, so I suppose. I'm assuming it's it's blue, blue. to be yeah, completely complete. away from that so what were your yeah. thought what were your guys thoughts of the the home kit when it's first revealed just we have so we haven't podded since any of these kits came out um so should we go in order home kit yeah, oh, yeah. I, it's it's not my favorite it's not my least favorite uh and with any of these kits i will tell you now if we get promoted it's my favorite kit <laughs> no i yeah. think i agree exactly with with that first thing you said is is, is that i think we've played in better kits but We've played in far worse ones as well. And I mean, kids, I, oh, oh, that is <laughs> and, the very worst. And that Domino's one back from the nineties, that was yeah, sort of, had like a oh, early two thousands. Yeah, it was Yeah, yeah the, the stri- I don't actually mind the what is it, pinstripes, whatever that's called mm. that we have this season. I, I don't I don't mind that actually. I know a lot of people are against that. Um I, I don't mind that. Um I just would I just wish we could have put the away collar onto the home kit, the kind of nineties sort of actual so you could wear a tie mm. with it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd wear it to a wedding if I could. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it gets thicker than a pinstripe. But I don't know what okay, is it, terminology right? that yeah, would be. It's referred to as a pinstripe, but it does look quite thick, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's always yeah. the worry with with the stripes that obviously, obviously everyone loves Maguire winding up the the yeah. Swindon lot, but you can see his gut sticking out quite, <laughs> yeah. it quite well because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, 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 I, I, I liked it. That's what I'd say about it. I thought it was good. I'm glad that um, it's uh, it, it, it wasn't sort of... Well, we should mention there was a leak, wasn't there? So yeah. the, it was leaked by a Twitter account and someone on Yellow, so I don't know. Um, but... Uh, it, it, so we all got a look at it before and and it wasn't the most flattering photo um luckily or, or thankfully when it actually came out it did look a lot better my only big criticism of it is that yellow behind the bangkok glass logo mm. being slightly different to the actual kit yellow i can't believe that but not different enough like, yeah you go yeah, one of two ways don't you it's got to be exactly the same or substantially different yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, Lee, you've got one of the kits there with a logo on the front. I'm assuming yes. that that logo has been added to the shirt. It's yes. not printed. You can in. even, so, I mean, you won't yeah. be able to see it no, on but, Zoom. Obviously, yeah. people uh, there won't. But you can even see the lines continue through the B and the G. Mm. So you can uh, see where it's gone onto, onto the material. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's what will have happened with that yellow kit is you've got a material, the, the shirt material is is a yellow and then printed onto a different material that then gets transferred, you know, that sort of heat transfer onto the thing, mm. trying to get that yellow to match when it's produced in two different ways on two different types of material, you know, like you say, Whereas, it's almost like they should have gone with a, a contrast. Yeah. To make, Whereas you know, this seems not to be try and match only it. done the B and the G. G it's, yeah. like, it's not around the logo at all. No, because those blue, those blue pinstripes. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the blue pinstripes on the home shirt, you know, they mm. obviously didn't want those to touch the logo. They wanted yeah. that, you know, slight bit of negative space around it. And it's. Well, we've yeah, said it on the badge as well, haven't we? Mm. Um, in the past, although it seems on this shirt, the lines carry on and go through the O's. Yeah. So they have changed the badge completely. And then there's the uh, the away kit, which the big talking point was that uh, it contained... Well, the big talking point, I say, it was an issue for some people that it contains red. It does always surprise me when that... I, I get it, you know, our, our fierce rival, that's their colour. Um, but it does sort of surprise me that... I was reading some of the comments that of people who were against it, and there was, oh, red, that's awful. How can, how can one of our kits be red? And this wasn't being said by sort of teenagers. Mm. It was people who must have been fans, um, what's that, seven years ago? Where, or what, 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 15, 16, 15, eight 16, years ago. Yeah. We got promoted in a kit that looked just like that. Uh, in an away kit and 96 we got promoted mm. that season that's called the Hathaway shirt um, <laughs> yeah the Unipart one yeah um, I, I mean yeah I know that you know the, the reasons for being against the red but you know it, it has served as well as an away kit mm. um, and uh, I think there's a lot of other years you can find that we wore a red away kit as well um, it looks really smart it's like basically like a, an AC Milan shirt isn't it so mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks great. Uh, I think it, it looked really, really good. And um... well, that's another thing people were saying. People were against it because we had it eight years ago. I saw a few people saying that we've had one of those recently. 
Haven't we just had four white away shirts in a row? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I, I don't understand that as an argument at all. No, there are only sort of so many colours. I mean, I was trying to think, is there anything we haven't... I don't recall a green shirt. Not talking about goalkeepers. I, I was just thinking exactly shirt. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking because we've had that purple. Yeah. We've had a couple of purples. Um, and, we had and, uh, and that. White and... Yeah, we've had white. We've had that kind of royal blue color in the non-league. Mm. Um, we had black. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really recall a green at any point. Someone no. can tell me I'm wrong there, but um, I know there was a goalkeeper one. I can remember an, an image of maybe Ryan Clark wearing a green goalie shirt, but I don't think that. Yeah, I think Phil Whitehead might have done it at some point as well. Mm. Okay, I don't remember um, um, any outfield players wearing them. So, no, I th- I think they're, they're. I think the home kit's solid. I really like the away kit and that. What is it? Change kit? Third kit? I don't know what that. Third kit. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the third. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hell of a choice, isn't it? That color. Looking at it now, Liam, we've probably referred to it far too many times, haven't we? Mr. So... Mr. Freeze. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, like there are a few blues it reminds me of, and like yeah, ice poles or Mr. Freeze. But yeah, no, and it looked it looked great. The uh, so it was a ballot you were in, Liam, wasn't it? For yeah, because you had a season ticket. Yes, did you always get into yeah, yeah. So no, it looked great. The photos and it, it seems that event seemed part of a wider social media marketing strategy that the club have embarked on um anyone who follows them on twitter will have seen across um uh the pre-season that the the video content on the twitter account has really well there's a lot more of it and it's kind of it's, it's very sort of well put together and um you know that you can tell they're really going heavy on that uh that side of things um sort of extra little features and um uh, and it's all exclusive club, isn't it? The club mm. do all the interviews now, and it's all it's all sort of their content. Um, so yeah, there's definitely you can tell they've obviously put money into that, or they've got a new strategy on it. Um, which uh, yeah, I guess is all, all the way things are going, isn't it? It's been consistent as well. That's one thing yeah. I like. As soon as they put that image up this morning, someone straight away went, "Oh, third kit." Like mm. you, you know what that means. They, mm. This yeah. style of um of announcing it um and yeah it was it, as i said it was nice to see people from different sort of uh different sort of groups um i spoke to uh rosie who listens not peter rose brown <laughs> um <laughs> and sort of said hi and you know we've spoken a handful of times but outside of the season and outside of football matches you don't see these people uh, yeah. hi tim i didn't actually see you there despite your pictures on Twitter, sort of showing you there. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, He wasn't stealing photographs again, was he, and claiming they were his own? Do you know what? I'm not on point fingers, but if the shoe fits. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, it was was a lovely atmosphere. And and there were so many photographers and and sort of uh, videographers going around. So there'll be footage coming out for a while, I'd have thought, um, off the back of that. Did you get any gossip for us, Liam? Um, beer is expensive in Oxford, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it is in there especially as well. Yeah, it's like a varsity club. It's Australia, yeah. isn't it? I remember. Yeah, was it? It's Australia. Oh, sorry, okay. Australia. Sorry, Goran Rodriguez will be on you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I spoke to um, a few people. I spoke to Steve Kinnebrew. We did uh, wasn't at the game together for a while, but never spoke outside of that because it was over Zoom when mm. we were doing it. Um, so it was, it was interesting to speak to him face to face and realize how much taller than me he is. Um, and he's, it's, it's lovely to hear someone so excited about this next season when it's their job. 
Mm, yeah. is as excited as fans are um and, and not just about the football side of things but the you know the academy and how that's looking um it, it it's it's brilliant for essentially a rangers fan um and he he was talking actually about his father-in-law who's a celtic fan okay. who said uh, oh you've signed a new strike out and he said yeah he's, he's he's pacey he's good at uh, sort of playing off the last defender he's got Sort of looks like he could be the the complete package, and and he's now got the opportunity to showcase it. And uh, then he realised that his father-in-law was talking about Rangers. He's like, "Oh no, I didn't know they signed <laughs> anyone." And it, like Oxford is now his yes. club. Yeah. He, like mm. he'll always love Rangers, but Oxford is now when he thinks about football, that's his club, which right. is just brilliant to hear. Um, I'm sure and, he starts. Yeah, lovely guy. I'm sure if he starts referring to England strikers, there'd be a bigger conversation to be had there. Yeah. <laughs> a more serious one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought so. It's um, interesting you say that because in, in you know, I think we have this this kind of impact um on players and staff that come here with no real Oxford connection. You know, Wayne Brown has just left now after many years of, of service. I think he came in under Chris Wilder, I think, if I'm not wrong, and, and served under several you know, several different managers was here for a long time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Played a couple of games. I, I, I remember, but, but, you know, there's somebody there with, you know, who's not an Oxford fan, you know, like you say, staff come and go to an extent and players come and go, but we, as a club, we do seem to, to kind of create a place in these people's hearts. You know, Wayne Brown has left, but, but, you know, was, was really effusive in the praise of the club and the fans and every, everyone around. I think it's a, it's something we do manage to do as a as a relatively small club, should we say, compared to well, compared to the Rangers, you know. But we we have this impact on people that that come to the club. It's it's good to you know that that's happening. Oh, we should just for a minute or so just mention Wayne Brown. Um, that's a that's a hell of a run at, mm. at one club. You you very rarely hear now of. I mean, because he goes back to the Wilder days. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's so it. That... Turley left, and he came in as yeah. Part I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that must be a, uh, you know, in in an English league football club, the turnover of usually when a manager leaves, eventually those coaching, those coaches will will leave from that era. Um, to go through sort of you know Chris Wilder, uh, who's after that Gary Waddock, Michael Appleton, Carl Robinson, and Pepletter, then... don't. That bloke. Yeah, and uh, I guess the, the tiniest part of, of Liam Manning's tenure, um, then, you know, that's a hell of a run at one club. Mm. I mean, uh, that's, you know, that's um hell of a service. And uh, Yeah, I, I think you talk about people that have been there for a while. Both of you have just covered that. That goes back as well, because you can look at Rosie, Jeremy Charles, they're still mm. doing stuff for the club. Mm. More recently, Basham's still there, Bino's yeah. still there. Um, I'm sure for every one of those, there's a a player who didn't enjoy his time at the club and <laughs> couldn't wait to see the back of us. Yeah. Um, but it is nice when those players, and, and you know, even the ones that do move on, so many interviews with Johnny Mullins and Alex McDonald and, mm. and players like that go, oh, it's the, the best time of my career, yeah. which is brilliant, especially at that stadium. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Mullins did a, that, the um, Behind the Badge podcast and he speaks so highly of Oxford in that. He calls it his home in football. And um, 
he, he is if you haven't heard that it's a really wonderful listen um yeah i can't can't recommend that enough i i suspect i suppose thorna leaves the equivalent now mm. so same same position scores goals as we saw yeah. the other day um came on loan and then as soon as he could got the move back so yeah i'm yeah. excited to have him back no, absolutely and um i guess on that on people coming in so we we did those three didn't we when we last spoke was Mark Harris the one after that? Yeah, we uh, had so the, the three permanent signings, McEachran, Rodriguez and Thornley, and, and two loan signings all came in sort of fairly fairly soon. James Beadle, the goalkeeper on loan from Brighton, and Finn Stevens from Brentford. But yeah, beyond that then, you're right, yeah, Mark Harris uh, in on, on a permanent from Cardiff, and Stanley Mills coming in from Everton on loan. Yeah. Um, so Mark Harris, he... So he was Cardiff City, wasn't he? And um, then he's been out on loan to a few places. So he's a forward, isn't he? But sometimes he's a winger. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, scored against scored against QPR uh, the weekend. Um, so yeah, were you sort of excited when he came in? Yeah, I think the, there was a comparison made on the dub, uh, which is um, Clark Harris. Not that they're going to be a similar player, but it's easy to look and go, oh, he only scored X amount of goals in X amount of appearances. It's not very prolific. Well, until Clark Harris took the step down mm. and then got given a chance in that position, being the main striker, he hadn't scored many. Um, and I think, you know, Roof, mm. we talk about him so often. And he came in as a winger. And I, I seem to remember a game against Wickham in the... 14-15 season where a striker got injured so he ended up having to go up top and scored a hat-trick it, it, it's those those situ- just because they haven't been prolific in the past doesn't mean that they won't become it it doesn't mean that they will but I think when you look at Rodriguez and what he offers and he won't be the only one making those assists yeah uh, I think uh, I think there's a good chance that he's going to Come good. Um, there, there, there's a lot of talk of another forward, isn't there? Yeah, uh, a couple of names about the one mm. I'm sort of the one I'm most excited about is Jack Marriott, and it's just because I've heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was exactly the same. <laughs> uh, and it, it is as simple as that because you know half the signings we've just talked about when we first signed them, I didn't yeah. have a clue who they were. But Marriott's been one of those players on the radar for a long time, and uh, yeah. I, I remember when when we first got Hilton, every time he scored and Marriott scored on the same day. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Stelling talks about all I need is Tommy Travel Lodge and we've got all three of them. Um, <laughs> but they, he knows where the goal is. He's one of those those players. Uh, and I, I didn't really see anything until that Oxford Mail tweet where Liam Manning sort of said, well, we can't talk about that because he's under contract. And surely that means, you'd mm. just say no. You think so, yeah. yeah. Um, so surely that means we're we're making a case for for signing him. So fingers crossed. Yeah, because I think we put four hundred grand in, and they wanted more, and that's where it was left. Um, that's the that's what has been unofficially said in the Oxford Mail and stuff. So, of course, with you know, with the Marriott situation and and Fleetwood are up for sale at the moment, aren't they? Because the previous chair, Andy Pilly, has been 
sentence for however many years for fraud and all sorts of stuff. So the club's up for sale. So you do wonder without the money that he was putting into the club where they'll go. And so that might be a, a, a deal that does get done with just a bit more of a yeah a bigger bid. Um, and and he, I think he'd be a, you're right, a decent sign. He scores goals. Um, yeah. And, and and just it's it's the amount of times you play against the team and you go, bloody hell, they've got him on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> like that's scary, isn't it? Mm. You know, we talked about that with when Taylor was was not starting. It is it, it you do look at that and go, Well that who does that mean they've started with? And like, oh good, he's coming off, but they're bringing on mm. Marion now. That's yeah, yeah. I've been impressed with Mark Harris's work rate in the preseason friendly. So you, you know, you I know it's always that well, you that's the least you expect is someone working hard, but actually the, the work he does put in very Matty Taylor or James Constable like, you know, in that he mm. never gives the centre halves a minute's break. But whereas you always felt Matty Taylor was just more intent on fouling the centre half. Yeah. I think Harris seems to be on the couple of games that I've seen a bit cleverer uh, and and just works the centre halves really hard um into making mistakes. You know, we we played two preseason or preseason friendlies I've seen against Swansea and QPR, championship opposition with third, more or less first choice teams out. And he, he really put them, the, the centre-halves, under a lot of pressure. Um, and, and we scored goals because of that. So I think the, the work rate that he puts in is going to be essential to how we play. Yeah, yeah. he sort of seems like a, a slight upgrade, if anything, but mm. it's something along the lines of Carl Joseph, which yeah. is interesting and i would say a clear sign of how good our business has been has been that mm. it seemed like blackpool and oxford were both after those two players with harris as the first choice he chose oxford the next day joseph goes over for you know wasn't there a player player and a fee involved yeah the Jerry other way? And you're like oh, i mean mm. is, isn't that a pivotal part of their squad I d- it, it shows how good our business was getting someone in and I will say for free, and I know obviously there are fees involved in terms of agents and, and he's not playing for free, but, you know, there are agents and wages involved in Kyle Joseph as well as the transfer fee, as yeah. well as the player going the other way. I just think it's a, that is such a clear sign of, of the fact we're an attractive proposition to players. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, along those notes, last time we did a pod, I said, you know, it's not a very popular opinion, but I would like Sam Smith back. What must he be thinking now? He well, makes his choice. He had, you know, several clubs he could have chosen. He goes back to the club he went through the youth system with. He must have been told that things were sorted. And, you know, three, four days later, they're back under transfer mm-hmm. embargo. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it, to be worried, haven't you? It just seems a mess at Reading, doesn't it? Um, I, I don't really know what's going on there, but um, there's a lot of conflicting reports. But uh, yeah, like you say, why players at the moment would want to be, you know, going there? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I know you mentioned then, you know, it's likely his agent has advised him, you know, it's all, it's all fine, but... Football clubs are never securely fine for long. <laughs> There's always something around the corner. Well, I've just um, seen their pitch has got a fungal disease as well. Yeah. Oh, God. Their, their, their pitch yeah. isn't playable at the moment. Bloody hell. Uh, like, I, I yeah. mean, I, I don't feel sorry for them because, you know, they're Reading. But, yeah. it, you know, it never rains, but it pours. 
Um, and I, th- I think, you know, you mentioned back then about the um, the money and stuff. I know people have mentioned that, uh, you know, why haven't we really s- splashed out on transfer fees yet? I think the only, because if you, if you say that, you're basically saying your bigger worry is that the club hasn't got any money. That, you know, otherwise you wish wouldn't be mentioning it. There must be a reason that it's bothering you that we're not spending money on transfer fees. But like you say there, Liam, we're... We're paying wages and we're paying, we'll be paying handsome fees to agents. And also, I think it's only a worry, the club's finances are only a worry if we're getting repeated HMRC orders or if we're not, you know, committing to a hundred million pound stadium project or if we're not getting anyone in, you know, Mm. then we would go, is there any money here? Um, And just look around the league, that's happening plenty. Yeah, 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 and yeah. you know we're investing money in. We we touched on marketing earlier, just little things like the event today. I mean, it wouldn't have been cheap to put that on. Um, you know, it's it's little things like that. I'm not saying we're lavishly spending, but we're there is obviously money there to be spent if they choose to, if it's wise to do that. Um, and you know, yeah, we we reportedly put almost half a million up for Jack Marriott. Um, so I don't think there's any worry to be had in the club's finances. On the 1st of August, 2023, I'm saying that. I'm, t- I'm stamping a date on that, so you can't hold it against me in 10 years or something. You know, it, that £400,000 that, or, or, you know, if it, or let's, like we were talking about uh, Carl Joseph, you know, it, he went reportedly for about a million. Now, yeah, if, you, if you're getting players in on free transfers, like you say, the, the wages are going to be similar whether you pay for someone or not. So you've then got a big lump of money that you can towards another free transfer wages rather than the transfer fee and you only get one player for it it's uh it does make sense and then, and at this level there's a there's a lot of we're not at the you know man united liverpool arsenal man city level of well you've got to buy players you've got to buy harry kane or whoever it might be because they're always on contracts there are players available on free transfers like we've seen, Ruben Rodriguez, good signing. Josh McEachern, good signing. Thornley, good signing. Mark Harris, good signing. That you don't have to go out and spend huge amounts of money because at this level, there are players about. Hmm. It, How many pre-seasons have we had where we're, we are now, what, four or five days away from the beginning of the season? We are looking for a couple of players to fill in the squad. Yeah. We haven't got a glaring hole in the starting eleven. Obviously, we're light up top. If mm. Harris goes down injured in the first five minutes, <laughs> then we're phoning up Fleetwood and going, all right, four million. How much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but that's the thing. We're looking for a, a backup striker. In in my eyes, yeah. I'd, I'd love a couple and a left back. Yeah. Um, I personally would like two strikers in and then probably um, Gats on loan to somewhere where we can recall him at any point so that he's getting first team football every week because mm. i think that's what he needs obviously the people in the in the club know more than i do and have a better mm. idea than i do but you know I, and i'm a sucker for seeing signings coming in yeah mm. you mentioned there about loans out we could probably just slot in there stuart finley and steve seddon have both gone out on loan i don't think there's any real surprise in either of those is there no no, everything, no. It, it sort of seemed likely yeah yeah and, uh, and seems- again, depending on how much Kilmarnock are playing, paying of Findlay's wages, and the same with Burton and, and Steve said, you know, there's a, they, they won't be on small money. You know, they're not youngsters at the start of their careers. They're established pros. 
So that that's a decent chunk of money potentially saved there for players that probably were well certainly weren't in in Liam Manning's plans. No, it does make you sort of wonder because Seddon now has been at the club for a while and it just hasn't worked out under the manager who brought him in, mm. a caretaker manager <laughs> mm. um, yeah. uh, or, or Manning, or had he gone out, he'd gone out on loan already, hadn't he? Um, but still, it, it, it obviously just didn't fit. And yeah. then sort of similar with Findlay, you think, was it just a an almost vanity thing where Robinson didn't get his man, and so mm. he was so dogged. He, I will get him one day, and I'll put him on a four year contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we had a so incoming uh, James Beadle. So goalkeeper mm. was kind of a talking point at the end of the season, wasn't it? Um, what yes. Do with that. Um, I haven't been to any preseason games actually, but he's he's got some very good reviews so far, hasn't he? You guys have both been, haven't you? Yeah, it looks tidy with his feet. Yeah, I think he's he's um, he's he's clearly well thought of at Brighton, and and yeah, he looked very capable. Um, I think based based on the way we know how Liam Manning played, you know, MK played, um, which was getting centre halves to take goal kicks out to a goalkeeper who's almost on the edge of the eighteen yard box on the right or the left, and I think we're gonna have some heart in mouth. Uh, yeah. situations this season and we but, will concede from those yeah but hopefully we yeah. will score more <laughs> I, exactly <laughs> it, you know it, it, it'll be you just well obviously we all know what football fans are like uh, you know that that's the first time that happens if we do concede someone's going to go oh, all right we need to go long all the time and it's you know you're right it that's how he's going to play uh mm. we're just going to have to accept that it might go wrong occasionally, but more, as you say, Liam, more often than not, it's gonna it's gonna work for us. Um, but he looks comfortable with his feet. There's there's been two or three occasions where he's very nearly been closed down by a centre forward, um, or has been, and it's just how he's gonna play. He's looked very composed for a young lad, um, and and looks very capable. I'd be there was sort of one of the things that was always argued about uh, Simon Eastwood was, you know, shots low down to the left or right, you know, he, he'd struggle with, uh, which as a goalkeeper, you kind of think, oh, you need to be better than that. And and Beatles not had a huge amount to do, to be fair, but what he has had to do in the games I've seen, he's done very well. So, I, yeah, I'm, I've been impressed with him. A few things with that. His positioning seems very good, um, which is obviously important. Um, but also... A few people have said, "Well, yeah, he hasn't conceded, but he hasn't had much to do." Is that a bad thing? No, it, no, it it's means not. <laughs> that. And you, if you if you listen back, you can still access the commentary from the uh, QPR game. If you listen back to it, they talk about how comfortable the defence look, knowing mm. that he's behind them. Yeah. Well, if that leads to them being more confident and him having fewer shots against him. That's not a problem. <laughs> um, no, and, absolutely. You know, he is he is there for the pass, and um, and as I said, we will concede from it. But if we score more, and I, I know it's difficult to see and get used to, and when you concede from your own stupid mistake, and we saw them do it because we scored the goals. When you concede something like that, it's easy to be annoyed, but it makes sense. Pull your defense down, which pulls their strikers down, so there are bigger gaps behind them. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And then it moves the team around and it does make sense. 
but it will go wrong every so often because everything does. Yeah, yeah. And and I think talking about that defence, it's I think it's interesting. You've got Josh McEachran now playing in the role that, that Cameron Brannigan played. He, you know, McEachran is going to be that deep-lying midfielder playing between the two centre-halves. And I, I felt at times last season we had, there was Brannigan and... Um, Marcus McGuane both playing quite deep. This, you know, certainly in the preseason, it's been McEachran who's the deep line one, and and then Rodriguez and, and Brannigan ahead of him. And I think that that that's going to give Brannigan so much more license to get forward. We've seen what he can do when Gorin played as the defensive midfielder, and Brannigan was further forward. The number of goals he scored, and I think that's going to be, you know, a, a, where the a lot of goals are going to go. I, I I made a, a, a sort of prediction. I, I can see him getting 15 goals this season, Brannigan. You know, with McEachran playing where he is, Brannigan coming in late, you know, into the box in attacking-wise. Um, it's, it's I think, McEachran's that, not that glamour signing, but I think he's going to be pivotal to how we play. I think Harris, Rodriguez... Brown, Goodrum, their movement is going to move defenders and open up spaces mm. for them as well, um, which you saw in that QPR game. That yeah. layoff from Harris as well, so calm. Oh. Is, I know mm. it's only been you know a month that they've been playing together, but that looked like and, and Jerome said this several times. I'm not just repeating it. It did. It did look like they've been you know this is November December and they've been playing together for for half a season now. Yeah. Um, and it would just that the Swansea game, and I know in between that was the Bristol City game, which was for all intents and purposes, everyone else. Mm. Just, you know, let's get some minutes in those legs as well. Lots of youth teamers on the bench and so on. Um, I went to see the East League game because it's relatively, uh, relatively close journey for me. Um, and that was an interesting one because we looked pretty good in the first half and then we didn't look so great in the second. And then it was sort of hinted at after the game that, the thought was for the for one half we'll be in possession and for the other half we'll be out of possession so we can work on what we do out. Well, that makes sense, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. And and you know, looking back at that game in my head, that is what happened. The second half was like, right, okay, well, you have the ball and we'll focus on our on keeping our shape and chasing mm. you down and all of this stuff. And that's what preseason is about. So yeah. you know, you you can't get too excited about the the good results we've had. By the same token, five nil. Yeah, yeah. The, the against Cooper. an Ainsworth team. Yeah, yes. you know that's yeah, that's always a nice thing. I mean, we've not had a lot of luck against Ainsworth type teams. You know, <laughs> whether we think we're better than Wickham, you know, in the way we play and the way they play and all of that, we struggled against them. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, for him to go to a championship club and he's he's had a bit of time there. He's had a pre-season. He's had about as, as long as Manning has had in the job, really. You know, mm-hmm. similar length of time, I would imagine. And we, we Manning clearly outthought him, outplayed him, out-tacticked him. It, it mm. worked very, very well. Yeah. yeah. It, that, the, the, I've only seen the sort of extended highlights from that game, but it, it was a seriously impressive performance, um, even with... QPR kind of having a big off day. Um, mm. It was, uh, yeah, it was really impressive. But every single goal was was very well worked. And 
it it just yeah like you said then Liam I think you you said you were quoting Jerome it kind of felt like November or something it felt like we we the players knew each other very well already um and uh yeah I don't want to get too ahead of myself but I I sort of can't resist it <laughs> no it's interesting though because we've had pre-seasons in the past that were less about um tactics and fitness and team building and everything like that and more about let's play games Let's play lots yeah. of games. Hmm. Most of them open to the public. Very few behind closed doors. This time it's been, you know, a couple of games behind closed doors. A few you can go and see, but but not as many. Hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know, it seems to look like a strong preseason. The strongest we've had for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, and And also you've got the other side of things where, Apple do this all the time where they go, we've got this new phone, by the way. Um, there are only going to be X amount available. And they, you know they've got four times that in a warehouse somewhere, but they yeah. put X amount out first. And then if you've got one, that's exclusive. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we've got some more coming. Everyone flocks out and gets it. <laughs> so because there have been fewer opportunities to go and see it, I am more excited this season than I have been for a, a while. It does feel exciting this season. Um, it feels like a lot of things in the club are kind of coming together and falling into place. We got asked about the, uh, on, on Twitter, we got asked about the women's team and if we're going to discuss uh, that, because it seems like a lot of players have gone out mm. um, and we've had a lot of trialists and so on. Um, Simon, I think you had some sort of insight to that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, I um, I was at the club, I think, I'm trying to think where it was. It was a supporters panel uh, meeting that I went to and um, the, the women's team were training um before that and it was at the training ground the, the meeting so i saw calf hi calf and um yeah. sort of just sort of mentioned players going out and uh and um you know recruitment and that kind of thing um and and it the i think we we think in terms of of the men's team and, and two and three and four year contracts and players you know that kind of thing and i think it's one of the things with with the women's setup is slightly different in that they kind of essentially, so I believe, sign for a year, um, and at the end of the year, most of them resign or, or go somewhere else. So it's it's it felt like well, crikey, we've lost three or four players. Where was the planning in that? Why did why did they all come to the end of their contract at the same time? And it's like, well, they all did anyway. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Carly John's going to to Watford. That's going there full time you know and, and a step up so although i think there was a bit of kind of um worry perhaps amongst the fan base and on, on the fans forum it's like oh crikey what's going on looking into it and being told somebody on the inside giving you oh well this is the reason why it's like, oh, okay fair enough and and you know so that so was there they had a training session and it wasn't like they were down to half a dozen people and kind of you know oh no what have we gone you know there were i don't know 25 30 girls out there training um i think there were some trialists so you know we, we're building a squad the, the season doesn't start i think 20th of august is the first game so there's still three three weeks three and a half weeks away um so yeah it i there was there didn't seem to be any concern there from 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 within the group and uh, like you mentioned before Liam Liam Gilbert now on a on a contract um, as manager he signed a new contract you know the coaching staff are there and there's that continuity 
it, it's an inter- it'll be an interesting season because we've had two really, you know, we've been gradually getting better and better and, and finishing higher up the leagues against clubs like Watford, Ipswich with big budgets. This season's going to be tough again because, you know, if if we don't finish in that kind of around the, the, the top of the division, it'll almost feel like a failure, you know, in the same way that, you know, with the men's team, you know, we made playoff final, then we made the playoff semi-final, then we didn't make the playoffs, even though that was on a points sort of points per game and all of that, a decent season. It's almost you feel like, well, the the pressure's on for the women's team, you know, to to replicate that success of the last two or three years and 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 that continuity and you know, hopefully to get that next step and and go up and get promotion. And I think it's going to be tough tougher this season mm. because I think a number of those teams in the league have seen Oxford do well on a much, much smaller budget in Garden yeah. Paul Shall we go for it? Mm. So I, I I believe more clubs have put a lot more into yeah. that development of the women's um, teams. Mm. Yeah, so we've also signed um, uh, two strikers. So it's Izzy Cook, who was Cheltenham Town's player of the season last season. Um, and we signed Zoe Barrett, um, who uh, is also a striker uh, and has played for um, MK Dons and Ipswich Town. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, it's not just players have left and nothing, nobody's come in. Um, so again, the, there's, there's, there's a lot of promise for next season. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Um, in regards to that, it's good to see them getting more publicity from the, the, the sort of club outputs. Um, mm. I've really enjoyed seeing uh, the men's first team, the women's first team instead of just mm. the women's first team and the first team. Uh, I think that's that's important because, you know, there are so many fans who the women's first team is their first Oxford United yeah. team, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and and there have been a few things I think it's been very obvious the club are doing that is um, pushing in the direction of that big club mentality that Carl Robinson used to talk about, but I think he was talking about being aggressive in transfer windows. But it's bigger than that. I think it is things like, well, we don't have to be friends with the people at the Oxford Mail. We don't have to be friends with BBC Radio Oxford. Um, we we will do what is right for the club um, and act like a big club in that way. I think most of it has been positive. I think, I think it's a shame that... Um, you know, Radio Oxford don't seem as close as they were. I like Radio Oxford, obviously. Um, and I, I love hearing commentary from uh, Nathan and Jerome and Nick and, and the whole team, really. But I, I get why they're doing it. I think there have been a few others as well. I'm, I'm feeling I'm seeing more from the club, but I'm not necessarily uh, feeling as integral. Yeah, what in terms of the, the, the media output? Yeah, it seems uh, it seems less personal now. Um, I think the most important thing when it comes to any of the the big club mentality is that um, we living in Bournemouth, you see a club that once were a really nice family club, and now they don't give a toss about the fans so much because they know that you know there are countless others will just come and come in their place. I think with Oxford at the moment have the big club mentality, but do not forget 
all the people that you know were were shaking buckets a few years ago yeah. um were part of the the 12th man the yellow army oxfox all of these things that have kept the club going and are integral and you know to talk about community as the club do so much um and actually the ripples the the flowing on this shirt that i happen to be wearing is the um the oxford shirt Ripples that are under, yeah. yeah under the under the ox that's really important the community is really important and we can't forget all the individuals that make that up uh and i i hope the club don't lose that mm. yeah it, it, it's you know the 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 people are the club in the, in yeah. the same way that you know you, people talk about a church the church isn't the church building it's the people in it it's the mm. and it's the same with any football club you know we 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 love our football club. We, we, you know, if it didn't exist, we'd probably find something else to do. We wouldn't, wouldn't go to the nearest other football club and support them. That's not how football works. And I'd uh, be financially better off. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we all would, wouldn't we? But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'd have to do podcasts about biscuits again and fry ups yeah. and stuff. Oh, that's but, good as well. uh, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But it, yeah, no, it's it's the people, and mm, absolutely shouldn't lose sight of absolutely. that. Absolutely. So it's on to Cambridge on Saturday, first game of the season. Everyone's optimistic. Um, we went there a couple of years ago with some optimism. They just got promoted um, and it was a draw. This this time round, what, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Am I, am I right in thinking that since we've come into League One, we haven't been at home on the opening day? But we we played Cambridge twice, twice. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really lazy people in the fixture office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't tell us this is run. Yeah, 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 Dig yeah. it out from last year. Do the same again. Just change them for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think we will. I don't know how Cambridge have done in this preseason. It seems that they had a few, a few of their better players leave. Um, uh, they were difficult to beat last time, but we're a completely different side now. Um, so I think we will do well against them. I think we'll win. And then I think that we won't beat Bristol City in the Cup. I think that's my exactly my yeah. thoughts as well. I think, yeah. I think I, yeah, I don't want to be too kind of, you know, bold and brash about it. I think we, sh- I think we should beat Cambridge. I think we look really good. I think we've recruited well. Um, I think we can uh, we can set a marker on Saturday and kind of show what what we can do this season. You know, a, a few kind of ill-informed League One podcasts have tipped us to go down without because they've just looked at the league table last season and done no research. And, and that's the thing: if you're going to do a League One podcast, right, research the teams you're talking about. I don't know a lot about other teams in League One, but I don't yeah. do a League. I've just said I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, but we do an Oxford United podcast. There are League yeah. One podcasts that are doing predictions for the whole mm. table. That well, and that's why Oxford, yeah. George Ellick is in national programmes. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. he actually does the research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that a, a League One podcast has predicted relegation. I saw somebody tweeting today who is sort of like a data analyst from League, has done a lot of analysis on league one has got us in second place so i think i think that just shows and it's something we've mentioned so many times before premier league you can more or less predict within probably three or four places of where everyone's going to finish with Mm. the odd one or two exceptions championship 
gets a little bit harder. But again, it's the clubs that have come down from the Premier League and probably do well. The ones that have come up from League One might struggle. Then you hit League One and it's a bit of a, well, it could be anybody. You know, yeah. it's it, Ips, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday going up. Well, they're very big clubs at this level with, you know, big fan bases and all of that. The rest of us, you know, from... You know, Accrington Stanley doing really well a couple of seasons ago to then getting relegated. Could be anyone's, you know. MK it really could be anyone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it is a an interesting one this time round, uh, and I think very un Oxford United. I think will start very strongly because mm. um, I think we're we'll be hitting the ground running. It's whether we can keep that up. Did you want actually actual scores or did you just want wins and losses? If we want to go for some scores, let's let's throw it out there. Go on. Go on. See, my my problem is I'm gonna go like four nil. You go big. And then and then lose three one against Bristol City. <laughs> but that means that if even if we scrape a one nil win, I might be a bit disappointed. Which <laughs> is ridiculous. Ridiculous. No, I'd I'd be happy with any sort of win. Um or, you know, it'll be nice to go back to the point in the season where you go, oh, yeah, we only drew, but there were so many positives. Mm. Whereas we spent, you know, the last 15 games of last season going, I don't care about how we play anymore. We yeah. need points. Yeah. And, and what's good as well is that period seems a very long time ago now. I know we haven't really played mm. any competitive fixtures since that whole, all ended, but so much has changed and so much has happened at the club that it does feel a long time ago in the part we can put it behind us and... And you know, March clean slate on. and yeah, yeah, fresh start. It's yeah, uh, I, I'm going to say I think we're going to beat Cambridge three one. Yeah, I'm going to say three one. I'm going to say three one Oxford for Cambridge. Uh, what about your predictions, though? Si? I, yeah, I'm going to go two nil for the Cambridge game and nil two for the Bristol City game. I think you're right. I think it's uh, we'll see how we go. But um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm positive uh, and. We always seem to be at the start of the season. It's it, and certainly this this preseason has been good. The recruitment's been good. It's every reason to be positive. Um, and and and, and like we've said, we just we just got to give it time. Hopefully, the the, the players that those one or two spaces in the uh, in the squad get filled, and and away we go. Well, it was, it was great talking to Stevie Kinnebred today. Um, saying that and he wasn't backwards about coming forwards last season very early on he was saying on Radio Oxford he doesn't feel it was a good pre-season mm. and today he was saying how upbeat he feels and that yeah. this has been a strong one it's great to hear that knowing what happened last season um, and you know he's he's not just seeing it from the outside he's involved in the club yeah. and can mm. see all the good work that's going on so that has had made me even more confident when I was anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that positive note, from outside the club and from within the club, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. We'll um, we'll hopefully be back pretty soon um, to to review the first few games of the season and look forward to the rest of uh, of August. Uh, but uh, but until then, um, guys, thank you and um, thank you to everyone who's listened. Take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and we'll we'll see you at Cambridge. Bye. Bye. Bye.